0: Welcome to the podcast, guys. Today, I am with my best friend, Bruno, and we don't really have anything planned, but we're going to probably just talk all things life and the career of athletic training and how he got to where he is and all that other fun stuff. All right, so stay tuned and enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Eli Kassab Experience.
0: All right, man. So say what's up to the people. What's good, peeps? Anyway, this is Bruno. <laughs> Bruno, best friend from undergrad. We went to Weaver State sure. together.
1: Um, good times. Great times. Great times. We can we times. can do this way too long, but it probably go inappropriately in the wrong way. Oh, like, so quick. Like most. So quick. College friends, but <laughs> sorry. Stick stick to the script you got set up here. So. Script
0: script no script no scripts. It's always let's, ask you, oh, I like off it. script. All like right, off script off script. You know we got something written up, but let's just uh, let's move away from it. <laughs> okay. No, but so you're the trial run. You're the trial run. For so sure. It was like first the first, first interview for the podcast. So, you know, people are listening and they're going to be like, oh, what can we learn from this great man? You
1: can, you can figure out what not to do.
0: <laughs> Between the <laughs> both of us.
1: Figure guys. out what not to do.
0: We basically did everything wrong at Weaver State.
1: No, no. I wish it was the case, I'm man. just kidding. No, no. We, we really, had a blast. It was a good time. It was a good time.
0: It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of good people there and... and uh, a lot of good people in the program. Learned a lot, but anyway, let's let's dive down into why... So how did you end up at Weber State? Because I'm from L.A., mm-hmm. my family is from Syria, your family is from Brazil. Brazil, yep. And you all, were, you guys were out in Miami for a little while. Yeah,
1: so my dad had a job working in Latin America, so we lived out in southern Florida. Um, it was a wonderful time, but mm-hmm. how would I end up mm-hmm. in Weber State? It's, it, in Utah. It's an interesting story. I actually... <laughs> Went to Eastern Arizona College first. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, I should to, know that. To play football. Ended up that. transferring to Weber mm-hmm. State. Um, then I turned to rugby instead of football. Got into athletic training. Because um, you got messed up. <laughs> I did. I did. Got, got, got <laughs> beat up a little bit, unfortunately. My body. Um, and then kind of just really fell in mm-hmm. love with the, the medical side of sports. Um, I enjoy sports. I grew up around it. My mom is heavily um, into sports, um, even in Brazil she was. And so I've always had a passion for the for athletics. Okay. And then the medical side was kind of, I guess, my own doing, being hurt a lot. Um, you kind of fall into that medical realm. And I, I don't mind. I think coaching is, is fun, but I, I think I'm more valued in, in taking care of student-athletes versus just coaching them. That's fair. That's fair. Because you
0: minored in coaching too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, that was interesting. I always thought you would have gone more of the coaching route personally yeah. instead of the athletic training route, but I
1: don't know. Air, air, yeah. <laughs> no, my dad says the same thing all the time. Because you're always yeah. out there coaching
0: people like yeah. like with what, football, rugby, soccer.
1: So I've always had a, a good talent to observe um, functional movements, um, understanding patterns and how to appropriately do something. So when it comes to sports, a lot of it is that, right, mechanics. Um, and I, I don't mind that. Um, but I can do it just as good um, with somebody returning from, let's say, an ACL tear. Um, making sure their mechanics are correctly as they come back yeah, on the field. That's a good point. Um, versus just teaching sure. somebody how to shoot a basketball. Um, you know, somebody with the elbow surgery, Tommy Johns or something like that. Teach them, you know, the proper mechanics and shooting. Versus and just coaching them up on how to fix their free throw. I, I just, for me, it was a, it was it was fun. Um, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, I just like the profession in general. Yeah.
0: Just get a little bit more technical into the science part of it. Yeah. Versus the, I mean, there's science in the actual skills of the sport too, but For sure. just the physiology. <clears throat> nice, man. Well, um, let's, I know there's like a lot of uh, young people, like I've been get I've been personally getting questions from like young people wanting mm-hmm. to get into athletic training. Mm hmm run
1: away it's awesome don't do that i'm just kidding I'm just
0: i mean kidding. i'm no i'm kind of in a weird transition <laughs> but like i still advocate for it there's still a lot of really good things about it yeah. um ton of really good people everyone has their like you know what their favorite part of athletic training is like mm-hmm. i know my favorite part of athletic training i know it's gonna be different from you but sure. like, my favorite part of it is just the amount of people that you get to meet and connect with um through athletics and yeah. athletic training and just the level of relationships you could develop. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's, I mean, that's, to me, it's more important, not more important. Let me rephrase that. Uh, for me, that's what's more exciting uh, about the job is that versus, like, some of the the rehab and the injury mm-hmm. evaluations. And some people are opposite. So, like, what what was your, what's your take on, uh, let's say, people wanting to get in the profession? Like, mm-hmm. what are things that they can do to see if, they, if that is something that they want to get into? And then... Um, kind of what to you know, kind of what to expect when they get in the program. And
1: so for for me, the biggest thing somebody wanting to get into a program, it, it or become an athletic trainer. I don't care how old you are, um, high school, early on, college, through college. Um, if this is something you're interested in, I highly advise finding athletic trainer in your area. Find somebody that you can go hang out with and see the entire spectrum of what we do. Um, okay. I think a lot of us are educated properly on on the Injury management, on the injury care, the evaluations, um, communicating with docs, and and that part of it. Um, But I don't think we do as good of a job of understanding a lot of times you're the only one. (laughs) You're making decisions. uh, Like, you know, me, I work with college athletics. Um, the, The burden that I get from parents dropping off their kid. Like, they just finished high school. This is a freshman coming in, and mom's going... Please help my kid out, right? Um, and it yeah. goes to everything. I mean, sometimes these kids will will call you at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, like, "Hey, I'm locked out of my car. What do I do?" Like, they don't know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. just being able to understand what you're getting yourself into. Um. Different areas. is gonna be a little bit different. You know, you have high school where the parents are there, everything's accessible. Um. But you're by yourself a lot of times, right? Um. You have, you have college setting. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. You have college where you have uh, a team of people. Usually, you know, physicians are around. You have more than just one athletic trainer at the university or college that you're at. Um, so you have a network of people. But these guys are, you know, athletes are really young. They just left mom's house, right, for the first time in their life. So you're dealing with a lot of stuff that um, doesn't necessarily pertain to our athletic training. But you still have to take care because you want to take care of the student athlete as a whole, right? Like yeah. all-encompassing, mind, body, you know, everything has to be taken care of. And then you get the pro level where everything's professionally done. Right, these guys know where to be, how to be, when to be there. Um, yep. So you have to be able to speak to them in those terms and have that professionalism at all times. Um, so there's three different components there, and you have to be able to see where you fit in that. So my advice, somebody trying to get into is, is find the local area and see what they do, so you understand those little components. Um, most athletic trainers I've met throughout my career are more than willing to let somebody come shadow them, look see. out. Like it's not. I know some people get intimidated. It's not that big a thing. Usually they'll have you sign like a HIPAA form because you're looking at injuries. But other than that, usually they they let you come out and at least take a look and see what we're doing.
0: Yeah, no, I like I. That's why I tell a lot of the similar uh, similar things to the people that kind of are looking at getting into different programs. And it's the first thing I tell them to do is start looking at observing and shadowing and just getting in there and at least in the settings that they're um, if there is a second that they're interested in, like if they're interested in you know like football or basketball, like or whatever that sport is. To for sure get involved with that, but then also observe and shadow people in other areas because it's like I know for me I've had just so many different types of jobs where like it just sometimes you expect uh, you're like oh I don't want to be in this setting but then you try it and then it's like you know what it's not too bad and you end up liking it yeah so yeah it's, that's the one thing I always kind of preach is just to kind of make sure you guys get a get a well-rounded uh, experience shadowing and observing people sure. and doing all that other stuff but the,
1: the great thing with the athletic training programs that. Are out there um, is they're going to give you experiences everywhere. You know, there's athletic training, there's military, yeah. there's you yeah. know work settings. There, there's a bunch of different locations. Um, you got to find a location that fits you. Um, I think sometimes 100%. when we're young, we try to you know fit in to the location and may not be a good fit. Um, but find the location that fits you, what you want out of life. Um, I think that's that's important as you're making that decision. You know, do I want to work 40 hours a week or do I work for seasons? Do I want to work, you know, pro sports or am I okay working at high school? It just, it varies on what, what fits you, yeah. not the other way around. No.
0: What kind of, so on the topic of experiences and experiencing those different settings, what have you, and maybe we should have probably talked about this in the beginning, but what kind of experiences do you, have you been in and have you had, like just since from the undergraduate program since mm-hmm. you left, as far as all your work stuff? Like what all have you way
1: too much worked? Yeah, I know. Like wherever worked. you wanted to start, but like. work way too much. That's that's the honest truth. I, um, so from graduating Weber State, um, I was fortunate enough to stay there. Um, what I mean by that, we had some issues come up with some of the athletic trainers with injuries, and um, I was allowed to graduate December, and I started working at Weber State January. Right, um, so I just jumped right on. That's quick. It was. Um, it was great because it was comfortable, um, but I, I, that was my first experience was at Weaver State. Um, from there, I got uh, offered an internship with the Texans, so I did a six whatever six eight week. I don't remember how long it is. Six <coughs> week uh, summer whatever. and preseason Some, internship. Yeah. Six weeks. preseason, yeah, something whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I went to Texas and I was able to to work with the Houston Texans, which was phenomenal. And I say that because I mean I was. It was my first first time outside of Weber State, and I was shocked. I, was like, oh. I remember when you got that internship. I was like, oh. I was so jealous at the time. And <laughs> now I mean, you're looking back, like, uh, not so <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, I, I remember walking in and, and just seeing rows. I still remember. I walked in the stores and I see rows of game ready. I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, oh, in case the player needs one. I'm like, oh, jeez. Um, so I was able to experience that, and that, that was awesome. Those those guys, um, Cap and Roll, the, those guys are AJ. They were great guys. Um, Able to show me a lot and teach me a lot that was different from Weaver State. Um, then from there, I went and worked at a private high school down in South Florida, um, which, again, gave me the high school experience. Um, that was fun, but I quickly realized that was probably not for me. The high um, school setting? Yeah, I, I like high school, and I think this, the athletes were awesome. They were great to work with. Yeah. Um, I just felt at the high school, you, you have too much outside noise. And what I mean is you, you got players trying to play a sport, because mom and dad want him to play a sport, so they're not really vested in it. So they're going ninety percent, right. and they get yeah, hurt, yeah. and you're like, and they're they're you know sitting there crying because they got hurt, and they're like, I didn't want to play anyways. I'm like, why were you playing? Like, yeah. um, for me, sports supposed to be fun. If you're not having fun, what are you doing? Right. Um, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's it's a way of life. It's it's kind of what you enjoy you do what you enjoy doing. But at the same time, um, I do understand you have to push yourself a little bit. So. Um, High school just wasn't for me. I just, I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Go back there, I would in a heartbeat, but um, that wasn't it. From there, I went to Jacksonville, uh, worked with the Jaguars. Um, Mike Ryan, those guys are raw. There's JB, they're, they're great guys again. And I'm not saying polar opposite is a bad thing, but they're just different from, from the Texans. So I learned a ton there of just different dynamics of how to do certain things and um, really dove into the why we do stuff. Right. Um, that that was awesome for me to be able to experience, and um, I'm always grateful for it. Um, that's
0: really interesting. Like, so you I mean it's it's interesting that you you know you get two different NFL well not even just NFL teams specifically, but in your case, the Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, where they're both like the same level of football, but two completely different yeah training rooms. Like, yeah. it, it's that's what I think. Like, it's a lot of people don't realize is like everywhere it's so different. For sure. Even if it's on the same level, you can still learn a lot just from.
1: Anyway, so no, that, that, so I, I learned a ton and I, I still, um, again, grateful for the experience that I got there. Um, and then from there, I went, got, I think I, I got a job back at Weber State for a short, yeah, I was at Weber After State. At Jacksonville? Yeah, um, I got a job back at Weber State. Um, wanted to move back to Utah and work there. So back to Weber State it was. What yeah, sport did you cover when you came I back? I covered uh, football and women's basketball, I think it was. So I helped out with football, but I covered women's it's a basketball. Year. Eh, it was fun. Again, I'm young. It wasn't bad. And then football wasn't my priority. so. Um, but I, I never really left football just with my experience. But I was there, I think, five months, six months. And then I got the job with uh, LA Kiss. So then I went out to LA. Arena football. Arena football. Damn. Ooh, the grind. <laughs> Love arena football. Oh, that's good times right there. Oh, yeah. Utah Blaze had a team, too. Yeah. Back in the day, but. No, so from the LA Kiss, I went to... Um, to Dixie State,
0: and that's where I'm at now. Why did you, what What was the transition between LA Kiss and Dixie State? Did the team, Well, the team folded?
1: So the team folded the year after I left. Okay. Yeah.
0: So when you left, was it just like, uh, hey, the job posted at Dixie State, and you were like, that would be interesting, and you were like, hey, why not?
1: I wish. No, like, no. <laughs> there was uh, some front office friction there, and so it was, I got an option to work at a clinic, and I wasn't about, to do that, I've always been an athletic trainer. So I, I left. I said, No, no thanks. I'd rather go find my own way. Um, so then I left there, and about two months later, um, I got the job at 60 State. So it was sheer luck. Don't I ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you gotta stick to your grounds and stick to what you morally yeah. think yeah. is the right thing to do.
0: And let's, uh, what if, like, through all your experiences, because, like, I wanted, at least for, like, for, for people watching or listening or whatever, um, at least, are they still listening? No. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. I hope not. My mom right. will. Yeah, mama. your mom <laughs> will. My, my dad doesn't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> we won't even be able to play this.
1: My mom
0: um, will. So aside from our family who's still listening, um, if there happens to be any other athletic trainers, people interested in it, um, what are some of the behind-the-scenes stuff? You know, I, like, I know athletic training. Some people that do know it, if they know anything about it, see us on the sideline. Injuries. What, yeah, carrying water and doing that type of stuff but like what? just talk about the experiences just like behind the scenes the data study stuff that you wish you knew when you were a student that you didn't like necessarily pick up on or learn until you got into the field um, don't hold back now
1: <laughs> don't hold back you sure? you sure? Oh, uh, Um <laughs> even if it might get you fired
0: yeah, yeah no I just not. kidding
1: no um, so I talked to it's actually Mike Ryan um, in, in Jacksonville and I was, I was just picking his brain of you know as as healthcare Professionals as medical providers, you know, why are we so keen on doing water? So I actually sat in his office. I "I don't even think I told you this." No, I yeah. don't think the it first time I told you. Yeah. So I asked him. I said, "What? What's? Why? Like, what? Why are we so keen in doing that?" He said, um, "I remember this." He said, "On the front office business people, I have a hard time explaining why I need you know." And at that time, he had um, three plus two interns and then four. So he's like, I have a hard time explaining why we need 10 people to take care of 60, 70 guys. No, man. They, they, we've done it in the past with two, three. I'm always trying to build a profession. Right. They have right. a hard time with that. Yeah. But it's easy for me to say, hey, we need somebody to carry water. Oh, yeah, sure. Here, I'll give you some money. <laughs> right? It's something that tangible. Yeah. Um, so that business side, they, they, unfortunately, we're still trying to build a profession. But the business side gets into it um, as we promote it, as we get forward. And I remember him saying that and kind of sitting back going, like, how do we make that better? And he's continued to do it. And I think he's a, a phenomenal person that still um, promotes athletic training. He's a PTATC um, and he still promotes athletic training all the time. But um, that's when it first got to me. It's like there was a huge business side of this, right? We have to tell people yeah. Yeah. and explain to people um, why we need the money to do what we need to do but we're explaining to people that have no idea what we do, right? Like it's, yep. it's almost like a, a catch. It's like you first have to explain what we do as a profession or show our value for them to be able to, to give us money. And that, that just goes to the business. I mean, you can go into a entire business podcast, but um, one thing as an athletic trainer, you have to understand the business component to it and don't get so offended about decisions that may be business decisions. That is not necessarily what you, what you envision. It, it just, yeah. it's the business side of it.
0: I think, uh, no, it just, when you said that, um, business decisions, oh man, I think people, one thing I see is that there were way more emotional decisions than there are business decisions, like in True. athletic training, in True. athletics, but like, I'm sure this was with any job yeah. or anything, but like, there are so many emotional decisions and less of the business decisions. And I think that's one thing where people, people can really learn a lot if they just learn to take the emotion out of, um, you know, out of the, whatever the decision is at work, whether it's like they're getting offended because somebody else thought of an idea that they maybe didn't think of, Mm -hmm. or maybe somebody in a, in a, like a beneath, not beneath them, but like, you know, if they're in a supervisor position, if one of like their interns all of a sudden came up with a better idea, some people, not everybody, some people get offended by it and they're Mm -hmm. like, you know, they get kind of intimidated by it because they're like, oh, I should be the one coming up with all these ideas. But people don't realize that, like, in the end, no one really cares as long as the job gets done and it's better than what it was. So I think that's, like, one thing that's, like, been huge in athletic training. If, like, you know, there's a lot of that, I think, behind the scenes where people are just... I've been in situations on both sides where there's, like, just... You're just fighting tooth and nail to make any changes because there's just... People are tied to different things, you know, the way that they were doing things emotionally and not just giving into the, like emotion and just saying hey like let's look at it logically from a business perspective and an efficiency standpoint and i don't think that happens enough
1: no no i think so um specifically with with our profession sports medicine i I, I said this a couple times you know medicine is medicine we're gonna do the best thing for the for the athlete the patient um we've got to do what's best for the patient um when you put the sports in front of it for me it automatically assumes competition right that's what sports is you're competing for yourself against somebody else if you're not striving to be the best, then what are you doing in sports medicine? And I'm not saying everybody in the NFL everybody is, is, is the best at anything, but they're always striving to be the best. Their system is set up in a way that it can continually grow and excel and be better. If you're not doing that, then you're just doing medicine. That's my point of view. I could be wrong. Um, I love to hear debate that, but for me, when it comes to sports medicine, it's cutting edge. It's learning new things. It's pushing the envelope. It's going, going, going. And I'm not saying pushing the envelope to the detriment of the patient. I'm saying pushing the envelope in what we can, medicine can do. Let's keep pushing, keep going, keep fighting, um, tooth and nail to keep keep pushing. So, with that being said, if emotions attached to it and people are trying to push you down, yeah, that's when you have a dysfunctional team, dysfunctional sport, right? The teams that succeed and do well, and we've seen plenty of teams do well, and plenty of teams don't not do well, right? There's always a common core where you see. Everybody trying to get the next person to excel. You see the DB and the receiver going at it in practice. I want the number one guy so I can be better and so he can be better. Let's keep pushing each other. Um, yeah. You hardly see the guys fighting, take plays off, little stuff like that. You don't see that in high functioning teams. Um, same thing relo- relates to sports medicine. You don't see, you know, doctors, you know, middle season taking two weeks off on of vacation. You just don't see that. Um, because they're part of the team. They want to excel. Um, they know that if they're not there, then their presence it's missed, and um, some people have the emotional side of it, and they don't want you to succeed, so they push you down, and that's for me is a dysfunctional team.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, I mean that's uh, you know I think no I you know I agree with you because like you know, I think too many too many people get stuck in the kind of the, the comfort zone and the kind of the old, old way of doing things because you do it for so long you become so efficient at it that trying to push that barrier. Like constantly pushing that barrier and constantly, you know, changing things just requires a lot more, more work. And mm-hmm. then it's just, and it, it just messes up your groove and your rhythm. Like, although in the short term it can have, you know, it can create a lot of extra work for you in the front end. And the back end of things, it can help out drastically in the long term. But on the front end, I mean, people just – it's its hard because, you, yeah, you if you've been th- using a system and it's super efficient and you know it inside and out, like top to bottom, it's like how do you all of a sudden I mean, throw a wrench into that? It's hard. You know, so it is hard. Like, so I, I see your point. I see your point. But like, I, just, I think there is – most of the res- resistance just comes from people just – they've been working on a, on a system for so long mm-hmm. that they've just all of a sudden gotten that to such an efficient – for that system that they mm-hmm. have set up. And then to alter it and change it just requires so much extra work on the front end.
1: But and we're, we're diving way too much into, into business ideas, you know, ideology. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, for you to have uh, a high-functioning sports medicine system, you have to have an, a way to adapt to change. If, you're, if your high-functioning system cannot adapt to change, it's going to peak and it's going to plateau and it's going to crash. It's not going to continually change. I mean, we've, we've, and we have that with medicine all the time, right? And, you know, you have this type of weight surgery, this type of surgery, and this, you have to be able to adapt. So your surgical center and your physicians have to be able to adapt, right? Athletic trainers have to be able to adapt as we go into dry needling, cupping, all this stuff that, that comes up. You better be um, on your A-game and learning that and have a system that is adaptable to whatever is introduced. Um, do your research background. See if you want to do that or not, 100%. But it has to be a way for the system for it to come in and be brought into that. That system you have set up. Um, without that, I think you're missing a key piece of pushing forward. Thousand percent. Again, I mean, when we, wait, wait into that. Wait, yeah. Into <laughs> so if, if you're a freshman in college right now, listening to this, you're like, it's not this complicated. Way too
0: far. We went yeah. from like getting into athletic training to like components oh of goodness. functioning business oh, and
1: sports medicine. Yeah, I know.
0: This is great. We had no idea where the podcast was going to go. in anyway, uh, so. just, but one of many. But like, I think it's all important stuff. Ad- adaptability is huge. That can be for new people uh, looking at the athletic training, people not in athletic training, people in different adaptability is, is so important. And yeah. like, that's where anyway. Out of all the you know organizations and training rooms like I've been in, that's been a huge component to just um creating a successful like system and program for sure. Because it you know even with it. You know, with your staff changes, too, like let's say if you have a system, and again on the whole business side of thing, but just to kind of like get a couple more points out there, I think the system changes when you hire different staff for sure it, I mean different parts of the system work a little bit differently, so you know, as you get new staff, you know i think I think being able to adapt to them and their strengths and weaknesses you got to kind of have to adjust the system based on what you're working with Yep. is what I've just kind of seen, but, yep. anyway. For sure, man. Yeah, man. All right. Well, what do you want to? What do you want to end this with? Any uh, any last minute personal tips for uh, people? I don't know. Athletic want to get an athletic training. Personal
1: tips. Your um personal your, like tips. top
0: two or three points. You, you okay. said the one at the beginning, which was uh, you know, reaching out to athletic training. Yeah, yeah. In there, right.
1: If if that's what, like just understanding athletic training, right? Um, if that's one to be. But if you're an athletic trainer coming out, right? Like if you just graduated or you're looking to graduate, um. I always say this profession is is a, a trust first type of organization as far as athletic training. Absolutely, You hear people, you know people, you talk to people. The people you trust are the people you talk to the most. The more you can instill trust, um, the better you'll be. So the question becomes is how do you instill trust? How as you, as a brand new you know, graduate, going into the workforce, to working with a team or position or anything, how do you build trust? Well, for me, it's been always a pretty simple answer. You. The way you build trust is called time. You have to invest time in the people that you need to trust you and you need to trust them. Yep. If you're going in and doing your 9 to 5 and getting your stuff done and leaving as your first year, you're not going to still trust in the people around you. They're not going to trust you. It's going to be hard to trust them. You just don't know each other enough. Um, unfortunately, fortunately, the first couple years as your fresh grad just came out, um, just past your, your BOC, you're like, yeah, I made it. <laughs> right? Um, as you go into your job, is understand there's going to be some time. You got to develop trust with the docs. You got to develop trust with your managers. Yep. You got to develop trust with your coaches and team. For you to do that, it takes time. It takes time in the locker room. It takes time in the meeting rooms with your coaches. It takes time in the doctors while they're doing surgeries. It takes time taking them out to dinner. It takes time. And not necessarily that like thing you have to pay for. It. Most of these docs are more than willing to know that when you're a fresh grad, they'll pay for dinner. But, um, just finding and developing that time with them. Whatever you can I do you. to develop yeah. that time. Once you have that time involved, then the trust comes in. And then if you're good, which, again, you pass your, your certification, you should be a good athletic trainer. Some of you all won't be, and that's okay. you find other other facets of life to, to work with. But if you're a good athletic trainer and you can instill trust, the word gets spread. And all of a sudden, oh, you yes, know I get a call percent. from the head guy at Washington State about an intern that knew somebody yeah. that had somebody... That may be hiring somebody that knew me. <laughs> right? Like I said,
0: it always comes
1: full circle. Somehow, um, comes back to, well, I've, I've heard of you and, and you're a pretty good athletic trainer out wherever you are. Yeah. Um, so, that's kind of how it works, I, I feel, in this business. So, for me, it's, you know, instill in, in trusting the people you work with um, and then put your head down and work, man. Work. Take take on any criticism possible. Um, first year, I say don't open your mouth. No, open your mouth, give an input, but right. put your head down and work. Right. right. If there's a cooler to be cleaned, and there's a you know 15 year vet in front of you, freaking clean the cooler for them. Yeah, like it, it's come in. It it, it speaks, um, it speaks highly of somebody that's able to come in and understand the people that how hard they've worked before us. Um, we need to continually to improve, but we also have to understand that you know some of the people before us did our job for ten to yeah, twelve thousand yeah. dollars a year. And as unfortunate that's as that crazy. sounds. Um, they they did it and with a vision to make it better, and they have. Um, so understand that and, and you know put your head down at work for and work. the First couple of years.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, those are great points, and I think also just to um, piggyback off of when you were saying about uh, taking criticism, I think that's a huge one. Making sure you're you're taking the criticism and not taking it personally, taking it as feedback <laughs> to get better. I've seen that with students and interns and stuff, and take the emotion out. I've seen both sides. Some people do really good at at. Um, taking the criticism and making adjustments and then some people take the criticism and just get fired up. So, anyway. Don't get fired
1: up. It's okay. Life's short. (laughs) I get fired up. Oh, man. Yeah, you do. Yeah, he does. For sure.
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't... I wonder if anybody's listening to this still. But, in any case, all right, well, uh, I think that's good for the first uh, tag team interview. So, if you guys are still listening, um, shoot me a message somewhere. Tweet Twitter, Instagram, something, let me know what part you. I'm trying, I wonder, should I play, should we play a game? Yeah. Let me know what part of this talk or interview you enjoyed the most, and I'll think of a surprise gift or something. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, just let me know. If you guys are still listening and you hear this part, uh, shoot me a message on something, and then let me know what part of this interview conversation thing. Uh, You guys enjoyed the most or what what you liked or didn't like. Uh, Give me some constructive feedback. I won't take it personally. (laughs) Don't
1: get mad. Don't get fired up.
0: Uh, All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later.
1: Peace. Peace.